0: Welcome to Brew Trails, episode number five. As always, I'm your host, Nick Irvin, co founder and co brewer at Dark Sky Brewing Company here in Flagstaff, Arizona. This episode is all about gluten what this little molecule is, why it's in beer in the first place, why some people can't drink beer because of it, and what some breweries, including Dark Sky, are doing to try and help out. Oh, and also what we're doing as a craft community that might actually be making it harder for some to even find the beer that they can drink. Stick with us.
1: with some other so that was already a little bit of roast added coffee to it
0: This is Chris Rupka Um, He uh, and I met probably about a year before Dark Sky Brewing Company opened at a homebrewers meeting at Mother Road here in Flagstaff What he's doing right now is explaining how he created a a completely gluten free Um, stout and it sounds like a lot of work He put so much time and effort into this and so much research into making this stout. And why? Well, because of his wife, Amanda. Her story is a main focus of this podcast, and it is a story of her starting out in the craft beer scene, loving it, falling in love with it, falling in love with him, but then finding out that she can't have that love. She can't have that love of true craft beer because of a disease, an autoimmune disease that inhibits her from enjoying what you and I take for granted probably every time we sit down with a beautiful pint in front of us. Welcome to Ruchos. Who are we talking to today in the brew house?
2: Amanda Repka.
0: And I'm Chris Repka. We're married.
1: Uh, she's <laughs> I'm, <Zodiac. laughs> I'm a home brewer.
0: We're married. One Celiac, one home brewer. Uh, perfect for this episode that we're going to be doing. So, Amanda, if you could talk about... You obviously used to drink beer. A lot, Right. Okay, yes, so if you could talk so. about your story of, well, basically your relationship with beer and up to this point, like start from well, the beginning. Well,
2: luckily in, um, in college, I was lucky enough to go to school at CSU, which is Fort Collins. Ooh. So it's a really quick introduction to a good beer scene, and there's yeah. no... Crappy drinking allowed <laughs> in some of those areas. And life kind of, you know, on weekends was about, you know, biking around between New Belgium, Odell's, Fort Collins Brewery, Cooper Smith's, Top Pot's, and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So I really got into the, the microbrewing scene really early. And, you know, when Chris and I met, that was kind of a big part of like how we started, like, our relationship oh, nice. and then we started homebrewing. There's a fantastic um, homebrewing club, you know, that we, we ended up going to at Breunion Colony, Colony and they've a Green- lot of great brewers oh, yeah. yeah. out there. And um,
0: Who is it? Brunian
1: Colony in Greeley, which if I, you know, we typically had 15 to 20 people show up and uh, there are five to six professional brewers out of that group. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: one mead maker.
1: One mead maker. Um, but uh, most of them have won AGABF Award. I mean, it's really um, an incredible
0: group of people to have learned brewing from. Yeah, so, yeah and I asked that just because I'm going to, in the show links, I'll post links if I can find yeah, something. Yeah. Right. And then I also wrote down uh, the homebrew forums. I'll look for that one. Yeah, and I'll right. link that so people who are listening to this podcast can... Uh, you know, dig deeper into this into the subject and learn more about yeah. it. So
2: yeah, absolutely. And so Amanda, we ended so, up in, in Greeley from other totally different story, and that's why we were at that that homebrew club instead of the Fort Collins one. But that's why I love beer so much. I mean, so much so that you know we we're going to GABFs every year, nice. and I was signed up to do the BJCP um, judging, and that kind of I realized each time I would go tasting beer and other health issues, but every time I would go, I would, I would be able to taste for a certain amount of time, and then I wouldn't be able to smell anything, because my sinuses would clog up, and so on and so forth, and it I went around and around as far as health issues, and I wanted it to be anything but gluten and beer. We were like, oh, it's a sulfite Because every was. time we had wine, we were having pasta. And I'm like, well, oh. it's definitely the wine, because we never drank wine. Right. So we finally, like, Finally after tests, like found out and it was really hard. I mean, to get clean from, from that and get that out of your system it takes a long time. And there's a lot of like it's first time Celia, you cheat a lot or you think you can get away with stuff and then you can't or you're like, I'm only gonna have a sip of beer and that's gonna be fine and it's not fine at, at all. And that's kinda how we got into finding out what to do about like with free brewing because like Brewing and microbrewery culture was so important to us. I mean, as far as I mean, we just meet up with friends at breweries, that's how Fort Collins is, and just hang out. I mean, that was that was what life was, and I, it's just it was very unfortunate.
1: <laughs> well, I'm okay, so to say. Just a little bit mixed up in my head. just a little bit mixed up in my
0: head now to say that 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 was life and it was so life-changing might be hard for some people to understand but you listening to this Trails podcast know just how important the craft beer scene has become to some people's lives it's what they surround themselves with it's it's how they plan a vacation to different places i know it is for for me and my wife, uh, which brewery are we going to go try uh, this weekend or, or this trip in, in this state? And so it has become a, a lifestyle. And for Chris and Amanda, that all that all changed when this came in, into her life. And it has changed for roughly about 3 million Americans who are unable to not only not drink gluten-reduced beer, but beer at all. Uh, and so these people have to find these alternatives. and. When we come back, we'll talk with her about the specific reactions that she has, just how sensitive she is. And then we'll also speak with a brewery that is exclusively doing something to help out the other demographic, the about 18 million Americans who might not necessarily have this autoimmune sensitivity, but just a sensitivity in general to gluten. And so they're exclusively producing beers that are lab tested, uh, gluten reduced, and it has uh, changed a lot of their lives being able to drink beer uh, again. And so stick with us and we'll be right back.
1: take a walk down by the bay. Just a little bit mixed up in my head Just a little bit mixed up in my head I'll jump right off and I'll sail away Just a little bit mixed up, so they'll say Just
3: a little
4: bit mixed up so they'll say. I Hello,
3: this is Amanda, the social media guru here at Dark Sky. And here is the list of the upcoming brewery events. On Thursday, March 17th, join us for Girls Pint Out at Dark Sky to celebrate St. Patty's Day. Wear something green and get great deals on taster boards, half off of our crawlers and howlers, and also deals on the merchandise. Girls Pint Out starts at 6pm. And of course guys, you are welcome too, but you're not going to get the great discounts uh, that the girls get. Sorry! How many of you guys remember VCRs and VHS tapes? Anyone? Well, this may sound a little bit crazy, but we will be showing two old school Volcom snowboard VHS tapes at the brewery, Friday, March 18th, starting at 8pm. As per usual, this rad event is being brought to you by Encore Skate & Snow, so you know it's something you don't want to miss. It's been 20 years in the making. No, seriously. I'll
1: be okay.
3: Also, we have some great live music coming up at Dark Sky. On Friday, March 25th, Sutton from Neighbors to the North is making his Flagstaff debut at the brewery from 6 to 8 p.m. On Friday, April 1st, come listen to great live music. It's First Friday Art Walk, and the Quinn Scully Trio will be rocking the stage at 7.30 p.m. On Friday, April 8th at 7 p.m., Decker returns to the brewery with their always awesome live music. You don't want to miss it. For more details, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Cheers.
0: Yeah, so you were you were discovering that in Colorado, so you guys met there, right? mm-hmm. and, and it was really after
1: Great American Beer Festival 2009
2: or 2010, yeah, whatever, down. yeah.
1: And the last one you went to, um, and the, the reaction was so sensitive, so bad that uh, her face was puffy, and people thought she had had a, sun, a severe sunburn or something. Sure, yeah. And it was just the the, the immune the response, auto-immune auto-immune response, autoimmune response. You know, like well, how bad. much how much beer do yeah. you have to drink to to feel regular beer? Oh, right. I don't know. I don't even know that. Anymore. Right, but probably like,
2: a sip. A sip. Like I'll get like canker sores and stuff because I've tried doing that. I've tried like the swish and spit. That
0: does not. Like, right, you still are that. affected by right. it. Oh, so it's oh, not no, just no. an intestinal. No,
2: it's it's your whole autoimmune system. Right. So yeah. it'll give like canker sores or like, right. like and rawness.
0: So I, I don't know how much you know about that, but. Can you talk to that? That there there are differences. I mean, there's a absolutely. spectrum a of spectrum. reactions. Right. Right. Absolutely. And so with... I think if I'm saying wrong, definitely tell me because I'm wrong a lot. But what you're talking about, like this like innate whole-body allergic immune response, that is celiac, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely, yeah.
0: Okay, so a lot of people will say celiac and they might not actually fit. It's not necessarily that whole-body immune allerg-like right. inflammation they might just. Uh, some people
2: just have like... They might have, and maybe latently they, they do have more problems, right. but, you you know, you don't know. Right. Um, a lot of people might just get bloaty and not feel good or feel kind of, right. like, frumpy the next day. Yeah, frumpy, you know, I like that. <laughs> like, not wanting to go for a run, whereas, like, if I have something like like a, like a breadcrumb was in a salad and then, like, a waiter took it out or something, or something like that happens, like, I will get, like, my stomach starts hurting, um... Like, to the point of, like, nausea, I know one of our our good friends, I actually just watched their animals for them while they were at Disneyland with their kids, she'll, like, she actually throws up, and I've gotten oh. to that point with, like, a few things, yeah. which is...
1: And then, and then your skin reaction... And then,
2: this, in, like, the skin lasts a long time, because you get an eczema reaction, and then eczema, even if you're not, even if you're being super clean, that takes a long time to go away, but... And, you know, I haven't had a full-blown knock-on wood somewhere uh, gastrointestinal reaction. Be because, like, I think, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where it gets kind of, that's it gets gross. But that's, you know, it ruins, like, like probably a week of, like, you go for a run oh, and you're oh, like, oh, we? I can't. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, like, the first few days are pretty bad. And then it's like, you're fine doing normal <laughs> stuff. But then you go for a run or something and you're like, oh. Uh,
0: all right, so this gluten protein is wrecking havoc on some people, but what exactly is the gluten protein, and and how is it achieving this? We got a chance to talk with Joe Casey and Steve Hallstone over at Omission Brewery up in beautiful Oregon. Uh, got to do a Skype call with them. Really stoked that they came on to the the podcast to talk to us. And so Joe Casey is the head brewmaster over there. He is the one that uh, his wife and the former CEO there came to him because they had gluten intolerances. They had this uh, problem of drinking uh, beer from traditional ingredients and asked him, you know, hey, help, <laughs> help us with this, help us to drink beer again. And so he took that challenge, and he created Omission Brewing Co- well, Omission Beer Company, rather. Uh, he created this this whole brand based on a gluten-reduced beer that I'm sure everyone out there uh, has, has probably heard of. It's a nationwide brand. Uh, they've got three mainstays of, of their beers. And so uh, we'll listen in to uh, Joe, Casey, and me, and Steve uh, talking about the gluten protein and and what it does and what the enzyme that we use uh, does to reduce that reaction in gluten-sensitive people. Awesome. So we're here with uh, Omission Beer Company, who I am super, super stoked to have. This is our first interstate interview. This is awesome, Uh, and and our first over-the-internet interview um, over Skype, so Super excited to have these guys on and really kind of educate us on, on their process and what they do, and why so many people have been giving them hugs through the years because of being able to drink beer again oh well, real beer, again, with the traditional products uh, barley, yeast tops and water. So thank you guys for coming on.: Thank, thank you for having) us. Cool. Uh, so who are we talking with here? We've got, um, well, introduce yourself. I guess uh, Stephen will start
4: with you. Yeah. So I'm Stephen Hallstone. I'm the brand manager for Omission. And I kind of focus on you know a lot of these things, doing podcasts with local guys, um, long-term strategy and packaging development, uh, and really what I think, in my opinion, is the fun side of things, um, anything that has to do with marketing, essentially.
0: Nice, absolutely. Yeah, that, uh, that's so fun. Marketing was one of my degrees that I tried to do. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun to do it for Dark Sky as well. Cool, thank you, Stephen. And then who is this other guy to your right here? So, my name
5: is Joe Casey. I'm the brewmaster and co founder for Emission Beer. And I handle all the kind of technical aspects involved with actually making the beer and, and all of those operational side of things. All of the non marketing, non sales <laughs> stuff. Nice. Um, yeah and
0: definitely want to iterate that, that you Joe you are um, you're the, the creator of, of this of this brand correct
5: yeah it's, uh, it's something I brought to the table to the brewery a number of years ago um, we had been thinking around with the idea um, going back some number of years um, our company president had been a previous president had been diagnosed with celiac disease um, in around 2000 or so my wife was diagnosed with celiac disease in 2000. Uh, 2006 and so you know for a number of years I had an interest in coming up with a product like this that would be able to satisfy their their requirements and what they were looking for in a beverage and um, we uh, you know we talked about it internally for a while and finally went to market in uh, 2012
0: Nice, awesome so I'm sure uh, a little bit of the word hero thrown around by those two (laughs) towards you Cool, so ride.
5: you guys are... Oops, sorry. What? It's been a fun ride, for sure. It's a totally <laughs> yeah. different... Uh, I've been doing product development for quite a while, and this is a totally different type of product, because as you mentioned earlier, you know it's the type of thing where you get hugs from your consumers, and that doesn't really happen all that often with some of the other beers we make. So it's, it's a very personal very personal brand for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah.
0: see that a lot. Um, and uh, that was something I was going to ask you is... Uh, where uh, what your background was. Uh, you said you were a product, I think you used the word product developer, but uh, is, does your background go back to brewing um, before that, before this? Yeah,
5: so I've been, I've been in the brewing industry for over 20 years. Um, I have a background, I have a degree in biology, and so I've always approached things kind of from the science side of things. And um, the, across that 20 years, I've done a, kind of a wide variety of different things, but most of it has been in the brewing department um, and dealing with raw materials, product development, Uh, Working with our breweries to make different types of products in different places and um, flavor matching across breweries, all of those different types of things.
0: Nice. Right on with the biology degree. That's my degree as well. Uh, Definitely come in with the science for our company. I was a high school biology teacher for nine years uh, up until this year when we started the brewery. Uh, and Stephen, when did you come on to the with the with omission? Were you there from the beginning, or were you more recent?
4: Uh, I was not here from the beginning. Um, I've been working for Craft Brew Alliance for the last five years. Uh, really, the founders of Omission and really how it started. Um, probably the last, I want to say it's been six months. I've been dedicated to Omission as it has been growing exponentially. Uh, we've had more fan more fans coming to market trying our beers. Uh, so I've really tried to take that and make sure that people know about this beer and really convey our message and let people know the true story of why we did it, Um, really let them know about Joe Casey and his story, and really bring it to life. And and I think Joe touched on uh, innovation a bit, and, you know, if you think about the beer industry, um, there's only so much innovation that's happened over the years. New styles, I don't know if I would call that innovation, but I think one of the things Joe helps bring to the table here at CBA was the real... Innovation, Like, this is something that hadn't been done on a large scale in the U.S. before. It's, you know, a new product. Uh, and so I really, I think he's a bit modest, but he really helped did bring this new uh, almost category to life here in the U.S. and satisfy this need for a lot of consumers.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it does sound like he's modest about it because when I heard that Joe Casey was coming on the podcast, I was like, I don't know, I was definitely super psyched. Um, for all that you've done. so uh, Cool. I'm going to open up a, uh, an omission beer right now. Which one should I open? I got the lager, the, the IPA, um, and, the, uh, and the pale ale, all three of them. So you know, what do you think? our beer. Yeah, I should have brought it. <laughs> that. that was my bad. Uh, oh. But, you know, uh, say, do the magic of uh, television. Yeah, you can I wish over. I could
4: ask you. <laughs> I'd say it would probably be a good idea to start with the lager, um, being that it's a little lighter, um, a little more crisp, and a little less hoppy than the other two. Easier way into
0: the palate. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Start with so I'm going to drink all three of these during the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. And if you can't see on the side here, I forgot my opener, so I'm using a screwdriver. <laughs> you know, the the preferred method to open up a beer. Um, Joe, can you talk about the the lager uh, at all? Like, um, yeah, sure. was that one of the first ones?
5: So? Yeah, it was. So when we first launched a the mission, there was there was a fair bit of discussion about what kind of beer styles we wanted to to come out of the gate with, and <clears throat> one of the uh, one of the concerns was that a lot of customers that uh, we'd be reaching out to would probably have not had beer in a while, or you know might not be very familiar with with beer, um, craft beer certainly. So we wanted something that was on the sort of lighter side of the flavor spectrum. So the lager fit really well for that. So this one's you know moderately low in alcohol, not a lot of hops, pretty straightforward, um, um, kind of Bohemian style lager. Uh, not. Not a lot of flavor that's going to make your head explode, but certainly a flavor to differentiate it from a lot of the other loggers out there. That's
0: super smart. You're, I mean, to think about that beforehand, that, that your audience, you know, think about, or audience, your uh, consumers, before that, knowing that they have not been necessarily a part of this growing craft revolution where there's all this kind of craziness and crazy flavor profiles to say, hey, I know it's been a while. Here's something nice and easy. I, I love that. That that was the thought behind that. That's that's awesome. Um, yeah, man. Uh, cheers. That is a, a nice, clear, beautiful. Uh, sorry to tease everybody who's not watching uh, on the the video podcast, but God, that is that's gorgeous.
5: So the lager is made with um, it's 100 two row barley. We use a lager yeast, and most of the hops are Sterling, but there's some Hallertau uh, and other varieties in there.
0: Oh, that is so clean. I mean, yeah, that's, that's beer right there. That is. I think people are probably scared of that, right? Um, do people, uh, it's, so I guess we can kind of talk about the, the gluten-free versus gluten-reduced. Um, has there, was there a hesitation, or is there, do you see a hesitation with people who've gone from gluten-free to then taking a step and seeing if, if your product works for them? Because I know a lot of gluten-free beers are, you know, they have, you know, sorghum has that kind of certain twangy kind of taste to it. Um, but what, do you see hesitation?
5: Yeah. So what you know, what we're about is really transparency. So we've been trying, we try to make sure that the consumer understands that it's made with malted barley, that's declared on the label. We're very upfront about the testing we use and how we make the beer, and then we also post the test results online. And so it's kind of a, there's kind of a whole package of data that's. Kind of available to the consumer for them to make the make up their own decision. Um, some people, some people try it and some people don't, and that's that's fine. That's we just want to make sure that they have all the information they feel like they need to make the decision for their for their own personal selves. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, I love that. That uh, and I found it was right off the bat. I found uh, the little uh, it's like kind of like a photo of the most current lab reports on the <laughs> website. Um, and so that was really neat for a biology nerd to like nerd out on that. Um, and so, yeah, so that, that transition, I guess it wouldn't be a transition. This might be the first step. Um, but yeah, man, cheers to this. This is really good. I could slug a couple of these down for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Definitely. So your brewery's in Oregon. Uh, and is that, did you guys, uh, are you from there? Are you from the Northwest?
5: I'm personally not from the Northwest. I uh, was born in Ohio, grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and then I moved to Oregon for college and uh, stuck around after the facts. I've been, I've been in Oregon most of my life at this point, but I'm not originally from here. Yeah.
4: And uh, I grew up in Washington State and then moved to Oregon for college as well. Um, stuck around, did my MBA uh, in Portland and then, you know, found a wife, so
0: kind of got stuck here. Oh, oh, poor you stuck in Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> Flagstaff here. Where, have you guys ever traveled to Arizona? Um, I have. Fla- Flagstaff specific, not Phoenix.
5: I have been to Phoenix. I have passed through Flagstaff on a train, kind of going east to west. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, I like to differentiate. We are way different than, than Phoenix, but um, a lot of people, are transplants kind of back and forth, a lot of people here go to Oregon, and a lot of people from like the Bend, Eugene area will come to, to Flagstaff, kind of that similar high desert feel mm-hmm. to it. So uh, someday I'll get up there uh, to go trail running and rock climbing and, and beer drinking. Yeah, and check yeah, out the brewery. True. Yeah. Yeah, where are you guys located?
4: Uh, we're in Portland, Oregon. Uh, so
0: right in really the mecca of the craft scene out here. Sweet. Nice. And are you, that was actually one question I wanted to know. Are you guys, is Omission a standalone brewery, or is it more kind of like um, the, the umbrella uh, of the Alliance?
4: So it's a, it is a, a brand of the Alliance, of Craft Brew Alliance. Um, we don't have a dedicated brewery specific
0: to Omission.
4: Okay. Yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah, when I'm in Portland, I'm definitely going to come by and, uh, yeah, drink a couple of these maybe watching a, a game or something for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, what? Uh, so the reason that I wanted to talk to you guys specifically is because you guys could offer a little more in-depth to our talk on this episode about the the gluten reduction um, enzyme. Um, I think maybe you can. And then also especially the, the, the process of getting it tested. That's something that we don't do at Dark Sky. We add the enzyme, Uh, the, the gluten reduction enzyme, but we don't then take the next step to have it uh, lab tested and we don't have separate lines. So uh, if you guys could maybe kind of start to finish, talk about the uh, process, pardon me, it's carbonated, Um, (laughs) the process of uh, once you have added the enzyme um, all the way through to the finish or even before the enzyme, like what enzyme do you use?
5: Yeah. So um, for us, You know, there's um, one of the nice things about the way omission is made is that we don't have to deal with any kind of product segregation on the front half of the process, so we're starting with a a wort that has in it, just like our other regular worts, so there's really no need to uh, have it segregated in the brew house, per se. Um, As it's going into fermentation uh, is when we inject the enzyme, and then from there on out, it is strictly segregated from the rest of the products in the brewery, and Uh, the enzymes added um, on the way into fermentation it does its work during fermentation Um, and then you know we we crash cool the beer when it's done we send it through to filtration and and whatnot Um, anytime downstream of fermentation uh, the beer is moving through the facility it's moving through uh, beer lines and equipment that has been freshly cleaned and sanitized so that it's not it's the first product through the pipe so there's there's really a very very minimal risk of any kind of cross-contamination uh, once, once the beer has been clarified and carbonated, and it's in the storage tank, uh, is when we do our first analysis for the gluten content. Uh, we use um, the R5 ELISA test. It's a competitive competitive ELISA. It's uh, kind of the standard for this application in, in most places. Um, we test that on site in order to authorize release to packaging. Um, once we get a, a result it, uh, that clears it to package, then we'll then we'll and release it to the bottling line, they'll start bottling, and then from each storage tank, we collect a representative number of samples that we send to an off-site lab, Um, and that takes about two weeks or so, and the soft-site laboratory is using the same test that we do, the R5 competitive ELISA, and they measure the gluten content and then send the results back, and then their results are the ones that we use to to release shipment of beer out to trade, and their results are the ones that we post online as well.
0: Oh, wow, that's interesting. So I didn't know that you've got an in-house uh, lab uh, to get the initial results and then send it off. Um, that's good science, right? They're doing uh, more than one more than one test.
5: Yeah. So each batch of beer is actually being tested quite a few times. Uh, there's a handful of storage tanks per fermentation, and um, and each each one's getting checked three to four times in certain cases. So it's not uncommon for a batch of beer to come through that will have more than 12 gluten tests on it. Cool. And
0: yeah, that's that's awesome. That's good to hear, and that's that's cool that you guys have that lab facility on site. Oh, again, as a science nerd, I'm like, oh, I want a nice big lab eventually. Someday, <laughs> I'll get it. Can you speak to the process of the enzyme, how it actually works
5: on the gluten molecule? Yeah, so um, the, the enzyme that we use is called Brewer's Clarex. Um, it's very similar to uh, the enzyme that you're using. You mentioned that you use Clarity Firm. Um, that's same enzyme, it's just been, um, goes through a distributor, instead kind of uh, directly from DSM, which is the manufacturer. Um, the enzyme works, it was originally developed, uh, hit the market back in the mid, I say 2004, 2005, 2006, in that time frame. It was originally developed to combat beer haze, and one of the things that beer haze is made up of is protein. It's a reaction between proteins and polyphenols, or tannins, they bind together, and eventually they're big enough to form a particle, which is then visible as, as haze. Um, and what they what they learned early on is that all of those proteins that, that are involved in those haze reactions are gluten type proteins. So, um, in the so the, the idea of using Clarex as a way to reduce the gluten content of the beer was really kind of a side effect of the original intent. Um, it was just not the initial target. So, but <clears throat> the way oh, oh, it works cool. is that uh, those gluten proteins have a ton of proline in them. Um, you know, throughout uh, throughout the molecule. And the the enzyme is very specific for proline. It will cleave the uh, protein-proline bonds and uh, break it up into tiny, tiny little pieces. Uh, So, you know, if you start with a protein this big, at the end of the day, you have a bunch of little pieces
0: So imagine, uh, say, an octopus with uh, more than eight arms, and he's got these, these long tentacles reaching out. Uh, that's the gluten protein, and this protein is made up of little pieces, and it'll reach out and uh, cause the reaction with those little pieces, uh, like the tentacles. So uh, enzymes' job is to break things apart or to put things together. In this case, the enzyme Brewer's Clarex or Clarity Firm that we use. And that omission uses is an enzyme that breaks things apart. It breaks apart specifically at these prolines that he was just talking about. So it would just like you sent a scuba diving ninja down into the water with a. Crazy Samurai sword, and it was looking for these little kinks in the tentacles, and it was able to chop right at those little spots and there's lots of spots so um, these enzymes are basically are our little ninjas in the brew house that chop it into little pieces, and again, like you said, for some people that's enough to cause the body to be okay with that uh, with that protein moving through them. Again, as you remember, Amanda, uh, even with those little tiny pieces, she still got the reaction. So just want to throw that out there for the visual learners. So ninjas and octopuses, or octopi, rather, come on, biology teacher. <laughs> um, that's what the, the enzyme is doing.
4: Yeah, my usual answer is that it's magic. I don't go into as much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, glad you he was here. Magic.
0: (laughs) Yes. Um, We add a little bit of magic to each one. And love. Magic and love go into each beer. (laughs) All right, so let's jump back to the brewery, back into the brew house with Chris and Amanda. And we're going to discuss the uh, labeling, uh, how it's supposed to be labeled and why, and then go into one of the more important parts of this gluten reduced and gluten free, and and that's the issue of cross contamination, and how how important it is when you're giving a product out to consumers to be aware of uh, where you're putting your beer. Don't really drink it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it. And, and, <laughs> uh,
1: as far as far as I know, too, even even if you got it lab tested, you would you even if it was below 20 parts per million, it could. Uh, what is the? Do you know the current law? Because I know there's some talk about. Um, the FDA stating that it, if it's made from gluten containing products it still can be called gluten free but it, it could only be called gluten reduced
0: yeah so labeling you can't yeah exactly you're, what you said is exactly right. right if it's made from something that originally had gluten even if it goes below the 20 parts per million um, you still have to label it crafted to reduce gluten okay. um, and so unless you're using yeah completely sorghum of millet whatever yeah you can't say gluten free right. um, but if it's below the 20 parts per million, then you are allowed to label it as, right. as gluten-reduced. Yeah, no, we can't. We could never, even if it was one part right. per million, right. uh, we right. still couldn't officially say gluten-free. Right. Um, crafted to reduce gluten. But uh, I know Nathan at Wonderlust here in town, he had his test at once. Uh, he did a, a gluten-reduced beer. Something like five parts per million? It was way below 20 right. parts per million. It was below 10 parts per million. Which is what omissions normal lab testing right. is. Um, he got it back. He ran it through the tap. He resent it back, and it was something like 150 parts per minute. Wow! Or so it was something that was like surprisingly I mean, big. Like, and they, you know, a relatively clean tap because you know they, mm-hmm. they don't have dirty lines because they oh yeah they do a
1: good job. Yeah, and he so, may have even yeah, like cleaned it
0: first wow. just to see. I mean, he's all sciencey too. He right, probably right, exactly. did like three different styles: clean, not clean, you know, right. all that. Um, so that's another big, you know, red flag. Well, I mean, that's a huge.
2: Cost. I mean, that's a huge thing people don't realize. Like the cross contamination right. is almost worse. Right. Like for stuff that happen, then you know, if you have it reduced to that level, well, that's fantastic. But you don't know what's happening between right. here and there. You can tell.
0: Here's Joe Casey again from Omission.
5: So what so, cool. we did with the launch is that uh, you know you won't find Omission in draft beer. We have in models only, and we do that. Strictly for kind of chain of custody and, and um, wholesomeness, or whatever you want to call it, uh, but it, it allows it allows the consumer to have the most confidence that they can that the beer they're drinking is what they're supposed to be. So, oh yeah, we've all been to restaurants and pubs where you order something and you get something else, and sometimes you don't even know it, and that could be pretty detrimental for somebody that has a, a sensitivity to a certain certain food product. So. By keeping it in the bottle and having a, a server kind of culture where they bring the bottle to the table for the consumer to see so they can type in the date code and check the gluten analysis and all of those things, it's uh, we really kind of avoid a lot of those other potential bad things that could happen by having somebody be served the wrong pint of beer.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. I would definitely expect that to be done. That's, that's protecting your brand. Um, even just... You know, you got to protect your brand. We're, we self-distribute. You know, we go and we clean the lines, you know, because even, even on that small scale of like, oh, my beer doesn't quite taste the same. But for you guys, it's, it's a huge thing, um, not just beer tasting the same, but, but customers having bad experiences with it. So um, that's interesting. I never really quite thought about that, that, yeah, bottle only, that makes absolute sense. I'm going to open up this IPA, by the way. I mm-hmm. took that 4.6, 4.8 percent. Four point six percent logger down, pretty pretty quick. Uh, cool. So, is there any anything exciting about omission um, for the future going on? Um, are you guys going to be delving into anything anything new soon? Well, you know, we uh,
4: yeah. Short answer is yes. Um, we're always experimenting with new styles. Um, letting Joe kind of go down the artistic side and see what he can do with uh, these new flavors and profiles. You know, really, we want to continue to grow our base. Uh, There's a lot of fans of the lager, pale ale, and, you know, we're just now, I mean, we're expanding to new states at the IPA as well, so there's consumers that are getting to try that for the first time. Um, You know, in the future, we will be launching new brands um, that are, you know, new flavors and styles. I don't have any specifics at this point, but, uh, I've tried some test stuff that Joe has done, and it's been delicious. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, in the future, yes, we're, we're definitely going to continue rolling
0: with Omission Beers and make sure that we, you know,
4: offer a lot of different varieties to consumers.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome that you have these bases and that what you do, you're doing well, um, or better than well, um, really good, and... But uh, it's also exciting to hear that, that you're testing some other stuff out and Stephen, it sounds like a, a pretty good perk for you uh, that you're trying some of these new things that Joe's putting out <laughs> the guinea pig yeah. a little bit yeah. <laughs> nice yeah beer guinea pig yeah re- what is it called? we always you know research and development research and development <laughs> yeah. So anything else you guys want to want to talk about about omission beer and, and your your goals and, and your progress
4: um, you know. I think just the the fact that there are you know other breweries out there that are doing the same kind of processes that we are is really a testament to the fact that this is um, you know still a need for consumers to be able to drink these products um, and these type of products and you know I'm excited to see the excitement behind it um, great I'm excited that we're you know have a whole podcast dedicated to the idea of it uh, between you guys and us mm-hmm. and uh, yeah the future I think is bright for for the craft beer scene for the Years like us, and for
0: you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, just the fact there's a podcast out, and uh, <laughs> and like you said, you've been getting interviews left and right for this. This is, um, you know, life changing for a lot of people, and that's so sweet to to talk to people face to face. Like I'm sure you do all the time, and have them, you know, happy and give you hugs and and all that is. Uh, it's a good feeling. Pretty good feeling.
4: Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> the most fulfilling part of it for I think us is the fact that. I mean, especially for Joe, this came from a real story, a real need. It wasn't, you know, a shifting to a trend or a fad. There are people that yeah. want to drink traditional beer, and they want it to, you know, not have all the gluten.
0: <laughs> so, for us, that's pretty fulfilling. Ah, oh, that's awesome. That Yeah, absolutely. That's such a cool point of it, too. You weren't following a trend. Joe was, was, you know, I don't know how they came to you, you know, like, please, Joe, help us or something like that. But, um to have a, a whole nationwide company of of helping people start from that, that one little story is awesome. That's so cool.
5: Yeah, it was as Steve said, it's very personal and it you know, it initially started with my wife and our, our previous CEO and, and their needs and but as the project kind of started to develop and take form and other people at the brewery got involved, it really you know, people the more and more people that became involved with it internally, the more and more people we found that had similar stories. You know, they had a They had a spouse, they had a kid, they had a a relative or whatnot that all had some sort of gluten sensitivity, and um, so it became sort of a rallying cry around uh, trying to get this thing to market. It's it's been a totally different beer from start to where it is now, and um, I think that if it didn't have that personal element in there, that uh, things would be pretty different and, and probably less successful, I think.
0: For sure, cool, well, thank you guys so much, I won't take up any more of your busy time. Um, go out there and enjoy uh beautiful Oregon. you guys got quite a bit of precipitation, I think this this winter, right yeah well, maybe not port well Portland gets precipitation, but yeah, you guys got slammed. we're so begging for another snowstorm here oh, yeah, so. Yeah, I don't know why I brought that up I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah thanks again and uh, keep making awesome beer I just uh, took a couple drinks at IPA and um, yeah that one will go quick as well cool. absolutely so we'll put some links up uh, where can people find you at uh, you've obviously got your website but um, if you want to talk specifically in, in Portland for your brew house um, well, I, mean, I mean
4: really the easiest place to find us is we do have a beer finder on our website omissionbeer.com mm-hmm. um Kind of cool. You just put in your location, and it tells you all the places to carry carry mission around you.
0: Um. Yeah, I was I was gonna say that's that's exactly where, how I found. Well, I knew a couple places where you were at, but uh, I did use that beer finder, um, and it came up with the little map, and it was like, "Dink Magaz, smoking bottle, perfect. Yeah. I'm gonna go there and grab it." Yeah. Um, so yeah, so go on their website, uh, type in your uh, zip code, and it'll bring up a map, and you can uh, find some. Some tasty Omission beer. Uh, that lager is ridiculous. That is, I'm, I thoroughly enjoyed that for sure. So, thank you, Joe. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, and you. Uh, yeah, cheers. Yeah, cheers. Thank you very much. See ya Man, a, a big, big thanks to, uh, to Joe Casey and, and Stephen from Omission for coming on to the show. I just kind of threw an email out there, kind of a Hail Mary. Uh, out to them to see if they would wanna wanna talk to me on my my little podcast, my little new Brew Trails podcast, uh, and they said yes. So so thank you guys so much. Uh, you guys provide a lot of great information uh, for us here. And so when we come back, we're going to finish up this podcast. It's getting kind of long. Maybe there's a part two of this uh, gluten-reduce. I'm sure there will be one. Uh, I really want to talk more to someone about the reactions of gluten in the, in the gut and the digestive system and get kind of sciencey on it. So uh, maybe look for that in the future. And also talk to, to Chris about the brewing side of it and specifics like, you know things he deals with with the gluten-free aspect of millet and sorghum and and rice and stuff like that so maybe a part two is ahead but uh when we come back we'll finish up talking with chris and amanda and uh she is going to completely rain on my parade so stay with us So that might be something that might be one of the next steps is for breweries to start having dedicated lines to it. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like a logical step to me, you know. If right. we had <clears throat> it's good, it's carbonate. <laughs> uh, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, if we had you know a, a tap that we could dedicate, if, if we had distribution of gluten free kegs from a gluten free brewery, you know, then I think that'd be a no brainer, right. uh, especially in these days to put that on. So we just need, what do we need? Okay, here's your call to action right here. What do, what do you think is a the next big step that you'd like to see happen? Um, the next step, uh, you know, well, all things considered you'd like to see, you know, a completely goof free brewery here, but what would right. be a, a small well, big step? Not
2: to, I don't want to like, say this to rain on what you're doing.
0: Oh, she rained on my parade. More than that, what she was about to say would soak in so far as to make me have doubts that what we're doing is the right thing. I mean, I still feel that we definitely are, but, well, I'll let her talk.
2: Because I'm so happy that, like, places are doing gluten-produced stuff. But, I mean, one thing that worries me before I will go to, like, what I want to see is the next step. Is that um, distributors are going to only these gluten reduced beers that you're seeing? So I'm seeing what was a big area in store shelves so that I could I, get
1: New Planet was one beer you could get more I, often.
2: I, I could get um, like some like truly gluten free beers. I mean, the the quality and whatnot that's that's to be argued. But I'm seeing this backwards turn in the market of like gluten free brewing is well, we know how to reduce it now, we know how to do the lab test now, why would we not make a, why we can do this and make this product, why would we go ahead and go fully gluten-free?
0: And that that makes absolute sense. If there are now options on the shelf of this thing called gluten-reduced, and as Chris would later tell me, he's seen actually signs from the stores saying gluten-free. Uh, then why would the distributors look to pick up an actual gluten-free beer uh, if these other ones are gaining popularity because of the gluten reduction that's used that is a, a box to be opened in a, a whole episode for maybe this podcast but maybe another podcast to to delve into um, but it really kind of blew me away and again I, I am happy with what we're doing here and what Omission's doing to allow our product to be enjoyed by by other people but uh, that is a huge huge point that that really kind of you know blew me away and, and, and did rain on my parade a little bit so something to be looking uh looking at the future is is something where distributors not only have the gluten reduced option but also a purely gluten-free option as well because there are millions of americans as we said before who do have to have the completely gluten-free in order to enjoy craft beer guys well that ends episode five our episode on gluten in beer it was a different kind of episode so i'd love to hear what you think about this style um if it's something you'd like to see more of or go back to just straight uh interviews and um that kind of thing, but but I love the fact that we really delved kind of deep into this one, and and really it was an educational podcast, less of an entertainment one. So again, let me know what you think. Uh, best way to do that is on Twitter. You can tweet at us, tweet a comment at the Brew Trails. Also go ahead and and please leave a voicemail on our Google voice number. I think that would be pretty rad. You can leave a a comment about the show or better yet, give me a suggestion on what you want the next show to be about. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys want to hear about. I'll try my best to really delve in deep to education on beer or any kind of outdoor adventure type of stuff. Speaking of outdoor adventure, our next episode is going to feature Ryan Geiger, who is our... future kind of up and coming dark sky athlete he's a mountain biker and so i'm gonna go get my butt handed to me out on the schultz trails and uh i'm not gonna even say i'm gonna try to keep up because i'm not going to but hey i'll meet back at the truck at the trailhead and uh we'll talk to him about events he's gotten got coming up and um, you know being a beer sponsored athlete and uh, what it's like to be a mountain biker here in Flagstaff. So, if you have any questions at all that you want me to throw to Ryan Geiger about mountain biking, living in Flagstaff, or being a beer sponsored athlete, do that. Tweet us uh, again at The Brew Trails. Uh, you can always get all the show notes, all the links of stuff we talked about on brewtrails.podbean.com. Go on there, look at episode five, and uh, click on the links to learn more about gluten reduction, omission, and all things that we talk about here so awesome guys, thanks for sticking with us I know this was a longer episode but I really think in the future people will look back at this episode and, and appreciate uh, the education that can be gotten from it So, um, cheers, have a great weekend or week and enjoy whatever you're doing while you're listening to this and uh, see you next time on the Brew Trails
1: cheers the, rain. And the Lord, keeps you
3: rolling, rolling, keeps you Keeps you rolling, rolling. Music for today's episode was provided by Brian White with Viola and the Breakman. Check out the show notes at brewtrails.podbean.com for future shows and event information. Thanks, Brian. <laughs>